0: Okay, in Tess. So the Rebbe explains the uh, continues explaining the inyan of Anonosiv Malka. I want the king, taking the king, and that, that the two pshatim in in Anonosiv Malka, both the deeper pshat, which means I want Atzmus, and the simple pshat, I don't want a those two pshatim are ultimately, obviously, very different on one level, but 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 similar on the on the other to the extent that to the if someone isn't if someone wants something other than atzmus, so then it's all a matter of degree in terms of how much their service is legarme of it that they're doing it for themselves. Okay, just what the Rebbe said. And if a person gives it, they read the word, the Lashon of the Rebbe, Hashivas, Shemichutz, So then, who knows what can come from that? Now, obviously, it's a very long slide from that down to seeing the intermediaries as having some sort of importance. But we talked about it yesterday in much more subtle terms. So people can definitely get stuck in a place where the intermediaries, the means, seems more important than the end. Well, meaning they get stuck in the means as opposed to what's really, they should really be connected to. V'yesh Hesif, I'll start two, four, six, seven lines up from the bottom of the p- first paragraph on page Kuf Zion and Tess. Te gam that even when his desire for g'neidin, whom Ibnay shu g'neidin, shalakadosh baruch, that's the Kaddosh baruch is very often if you talk to someone about the idea of being a better person so it's okay to say that but what's wrong with serving God because God wants it yeah but God wants me to be a, a better person so that's true right? there's no question but that's still ultimately about me right? but I can turn it into I can try to convince myself that it's really about God but it's not it's about me that doesn't mean it's a bad thing it's it's the highest level of Shalai it's still like a much better than most people in the world are doing, but it's still ultimately the focus is me. That I should be a better person, I should be a better Jew, I should learn more Torah and know more Torah and, and have better Midas, etc. That's all true and that's all good. Still ultimately about me. There's a level beyond that, and that's what the is challenging us to understand in this mime. So what's that similar to? The someone says, I want Dain you It's your Ganeidon. It's the Ebrishter's Ganeidon. The Ebrishter likes Ganeidon. He created Ganeidon. He didn't create Ganeidon as a bad place. He created Ganeidon as a beautiful place. Dain Gam Gam'az, Efshar. Even then. Efshar, sheyovem, izeh hataus. A person, even if their desire is your Ganeidon. They could still come to the mistake, she yesh lahem It's still ultimately, once you give any notion of, of something that isn't the ultimate end of it all, some credence, so then that mistake can take us to all sorts of strange places. until the, the mistake, that the actually comes from these intermediaries. zu, even according to this mistake, that things come from these intermediaries that they actually have importance. Still, what's the person saying? <laughs> the ability of all these intermediaries to give la who let me it doesn't come from them. <laughs> well, was that the Kaddish Baruch appointed them for this. What was one of the Mashalim the rabbi brought earlier on in the Maimer That the king could give over the running of the country to the ministers. Right? So the king could basically subtract himself from the equation and give over the running of the country to the, to the ministers. Okay, but it's coming from the king. The reason they're able to run the country is because the king gave them the ability to run, run the country, so it's still all coming from the king. That's true, but ultimately a person, they're running the country. Okay, that could happen in Gashmias. So a person who relates to intermediaries as something of ultimate importance... Not they're, 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 it's not that they aren't necessary to deal with. Right? They're there. It's not that you pretend they don't exist. You know they exist, but ultimately it all comes from the Abish. It's all it's coming directly from the Kaddish Baruch, Hu, through these intermediaries, but it's all based on his Ratzak, his Oshkacha Pratis. Nesha Kaddish Baruch, Gimel, like we said earlier in the third chapter. But Dugma is similar to, It's your Ganadin. Meaning this is the Elisha's Ganeid. The Hebrews set it up this way. In order there shouldn't be any pretext whatsoever that I want the intermediaries and I'll forgo my relationship with the king or I'll forgo a direct connection to the king. Who should arouse in himself. Now the Rebbe says at least some Small aspect I'll call upon him nevertheless. He's some connection whatsoever, even though it might be rather small, minuscule. And this every single Jew has the power for this, and that's what the Rabbi says, like I'm going to explain later. says not to want a ganadin, even your Ganadin mer nit, rather no more than Azikalan you alone. And every single Jew has that kerch, and the Rebbe is going to explain that later in the mind where that kerch comes from. Now the Rebbe is going to start explaining that. Right? And he's going to now explain that, in Eisyud, the Rebbe is going to explain the reason that it might be that the Umas will make a mistake that the Jew won't, won't necessarily make. That doesn't mean the Jew doesn't make the mistake, but the Jew can choose the king. Why? Because that's what the Medrash says, right? The medrash says that the Um choose the Duchine and the Startalutin and the and the Pikach, who's the yid in the in the in the medrash, is says, Anna Nosiv malka. So what what gives what gives the yid the ability to do that? And why might it be that the that the non-Jew will make the mistake? Right? Even though his mistake isn't necessarily coming from a bad place in him. Right? It's not that he's actively going out to do something against the Melech. It's not true at all. He relates to the intermediary is simply a way of connecting to the melech. Right? But relate but, but relates to the intermediary very powerful. The Yeshlahisi Bir. We can add an explanation, the Shaykhus and the relevance of Ananosiv Malka, right? That's the catchphrase of the of the Mimer based again, based on the first on the Medrash at the beginning of the Mimur. Ananosibalka, that's what the that's what the Pikach says. I want the king. I'm taking the king literally. La Ava to the love of Mili B'Shamayim who is to me B'Shamayim Which is the Ava that describes the level of the Alter Rebbe in, in the Chest, the Pusakin the Pasuk in Telem or Davidamelak, Mili Shemaim There's other than you, I don't want anything. There's nothing with you. With you, I don't want. Just want you. So that's expressed by the Alter Rebbe. But it's Davar Melech. Alter Rebbe didn't make it up. The Mili Shemayim shereitzu b'ayin that he only wants Atzmus. We can add some sort of explanation of that. By first understanding the basic idea of idol worship, who. That a person considers something that's only a means to be the end. Right? And that's basically what the Rebbe is saying. Something that's an intermediary to be the ikchar, to be the most important thing. Even though really it's only a means to an end. Right? And we talked about this in the Rebbe was going to talk about it in terms of Ratse, right? Which we've talked about earlier and we'll talk about it again. Hein Bunegeloke both regarding the stars and constellations, etc. The emesu, that the truth about those levels of reality, that they exist and they exert a certain influence on Elam there's no question. But, they are not, an intermediary, a means, like the axe, that through them comes the what? Like the axe in the in the hands of the hand, the woodchopper. Now, don't tell me that the axe doesn't serve a purpose in the hands of the woodchopper. Well, of course the axe serves a purpose in the hands of the woodchopper, but the axe didn't cut down the tree. The woodchopper cut down the tree. Right? But there's no question that the axe helped the woodchopper cut. Now, relative to the axe and the woodchopper, our basic understanding is the woodchopper couldn't cut down the tree without the axe. Right? Okay, so that's where the muscle is not complete. Obviously, the Abish could do it every once, and he could give you vitality directly, and you could stay you know, for, for three minutes every day. You stand uh, still in some spot in your house and just think thoughts, and the Abish gives you direct energy without any food, without any sleep, and then you go about your business the rest of the day. Could he do that? Of course, he could do that. He could do it every once. doesn't have to be through food and all of these other things that give us energy. Okay, but that's not how he did it. so so relative to that, so so to speak, the Eibusher needs the apple to give you energy. Eibusher doesn't ultimately need the apple. He chose to need the apple to give you energy. That's how a Kaddish Baruch Hu gives you energy. But don't think that your energy is coming from the apple. Your energy is coming from the from a Right, meaning the, 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 you know the energy isn't coming from the apple you know the energy is coming from the vitamins and minerals or whatever that's in the apple Okay, can you see them? no, you can't see the vitamins and the minerals in the apple right, but you know they're in there, how do you know they're in there? because you've been educated to know that they're in there if you're a caveman, what do you think? You think it's just the apple. Is there anything in the apple? You haven't got a clue. You're, you're not that sophisticated, so you don't understand there's different vitamins and different minerals and proteins, et cetera, that you need to be a healthy person, right? So you don't, you don't understand all that. All right, so someone who does understand that will say, okay, so I have to eat certain foods in order to get all those things in the food. They'll show those things to me in the food. Yes, in the laboratory, I can, but when I look at the apple, I don't see them. Okay, but I know they're there. Fine. So there's a metaphysical vitamin in the food, which is the real vitamin that's giving you the energy, not the vitamin B. Some people think it's really vitamin B. Well, that's pretty silly, right? Just like thinking it's the apple. Well, that's also silly. Is not the apple? It's the... I don't know what vitamin is in the apple, whatever it happens to be. It's the vitamin B in the apple that you need, not the apple, per se. You want to replace the apple with something else? No problem. Some people... Barely eat. They just go to the, you know, the hippy-dippy health food store and buy all the fancy-looking bottles with all the different vitamins on it, and they're just busy popping pills all day. I don't care. Health, I don't know. Whatever. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I have no clue. Right? Say But but we, it's really the vitamin B? It's not the vitamin B. What gives vitamin B its vitality? The gives vitamin B its vitality. That's the metaphysical vitamin in the physical vitamin. Okay, so that's what really gives us Archaea. Okay, but I can, I can worship the vitamins. A whole special cupboard for the vitamins, and there's a whole Seder every day, and putting them out just properly for everybody in the house, right? large you know, it has 2.3 children and puts out the vitamins just perfectly for it's probably 1.8 children like put the vitamins out just perfectly for the kids and everybody has their those are chewable ones and the adults get their little capsules and it's it's like a whole takes as long as your chakras to get take care of those vitamins in the morning is it bad for the person bad for the person the one is probably very healthy All right I mean yeah. okay is he missing a point He's Probably missing a point, because he might really think that his energy comes from the vitamin. It doesn't come from the vitamin. It comes from the godliness imbued in the vitamin. The vitamin in the vitamin is where it comes from. Just like he knows, it doesn't come from the apple. It comes from the vitamins in the apple. So he might not have apples now, right? I don't know. I mean, obviously, you need certain things in the apple. You need the pulp for digestion and all that stuff. Also, okay, fine. All sorts of good stuff in the apple. Apples are great. Apple a day keeps the doctor away. So if you don't want the doctor to come to shear, bring apples right? <laughs> keep you away, doc. Where that came from? An apple a day keeps the doctor away. I mean, it was a very famous statement. I mean, you know, sort of few things other than an apple that you might need to eat. I guess. It, From the apple growers of North America. Right. Okay. So, but there's no question apples are healthy. 100%. But what's the apple? The apple is an intermediary for a Kaddish to give you energy. It really is. Does he need the apple? He chose to need the apple. God. In order to give you vitality, God chose to need the apple and constantly chooses to need the apple. Why? Uh Could he go zap and give you energy? He do anything you want. Of course he could go zap and give you exactly the same energy. Could he make that energy look like proteins, vitamins? He do that too. Could he make it not look like that? He do that too. <laughs> anything you want. No, there's no big deal. But he, this is the way he chose to do it. Okay. Which is, you know, very reasonable in terms of what he really is interested in. is that you and I do something of value to bring about a revelation of him and Elamaz. So there's this whole reality. Of things that seem to have some sort of independent existence, but if you look more deeply into it you realize that it's all coming from the same place. It's all part of the same thing. So the, so all the Kirchavim, as which is the Lushhan the Rebbe is using because that's the lush of Chazal, That's what the Rebbe's, the, the, Rebbe's the same shot in the in the in the, in the, in the maimer chazal. So the one who serves the K'chayim, what does he think? He thinks that they're ikr And that they're not simply the axe in the hands of the wood chopper. Behein b'negei, and similarly, b'negei l'hashpah is ha Right, if the person, this is the the, the person who we were talking about earlier, again, in the Meimer, the person whose focus is on what they get from this relationship. Meaning, they're interested in the result. So the result, in terms of Shefah. Right? So the, the the result is that I'm going to get a lot of Shefa. So uh, what am I interested in? I'm interested in my field giving me more wheat. Okay, So if I do the right thing relative to the sun and the moon or whatever it happens to be, so then I'll get more wheat. Okay, fine. Feinu <laughs> that this physical bounty, he ultimately. What do I need physical bounty for? What do I need Gashmir's for? In order to serve a kaddish baruch, in order to do those things that the kaddish baruch wants from me in elamazeh. If you talk to a, a a child, right, a young Jewish child, when they see a coin, what do they call it? Stucca. What's their only relationship to money? Stucker. They don't buy things with money, right? Your little three year old, four year old, five year old, when you give them money, what are you giving them the money for? To put in a pushka. So, what might they call it? Hopefully, your children will refer to money as staka. Oh, staka. They found staka on the floor. There's no such thing as kesef. Kesef doesn't mean anything to him, right? So, now, obviously, at some point, unfortunately, he's going to have to grow up and relate to it a different way. But hopefully, I'll only relate to it a different way, in a very chitzoyniusdikov way, in a very external way. But but Pneumius, what what it for? stock up. <laughs> what do you need money for? To buy your kids a better parrot of tefillin. It's what do you need money for? You better make some money. Why? Because they're expensive, and Rabino Tom's are even more expensive. So you know, it's going to cost you twice as much as anybody else at your kids' bar mitzvah. Right? Might want a hat. Oh, it's another, you know, whatever. Whatever it is, right? Okay. He's going to wear jeans and a T-shirt. He might wear jeans and a T-shirt. That's cheap, but probably not. He might want a suit. Oh, my gosh. got to go and buy a suit. Okay. And you probably don't want it to be polyester because you like him. You're going to wrap him up in saran wrap, so You're going to get him something with a little <laughs> bit of something real in it, you know, so he doesn't, you know... Walk out in the summer in a hot place and just you know, turn beet red. It should breathe a little whatever material he's walking around in. Okay, so it shouldn't be 100% polyester, you know, let it be. So, okay, so that's a few more. So, what do you need money for? To do those things. You want guests, you know, you always talk to guys around here about Shaduchim. What's one of the things I, always, I want? I want, a, I want a wife who wants guests for shoppers. Right, okay, good. Yeah, I hear you. Okay, you know what? You can have to have a few bucks to buy in a, another challah. Right? Okay, so money—you need money for those things. What are you going to do? Right? <coughs> so that's that's what that's what all dashpah gashmis is for—that it should be used to serve the Abish. Ah, are you going to buy you going buy yourself a pair of shoes? Of course, you're going to buy yourself a pair of shoes. You have to have a pair of shoes. A couple of pairs of shoes, probably a pair of shoes for the rain, a pair of shoes when it doesn't rain. Okay. you need you need things. Right? and the ones who worship the intermediaries so they might relate to the Gashmias as something as important unto itself we collect it, collecting Gashmias right? pretty common in our generation Right. people just collecting Gashmias, they just have things either it's money in the bank, I need more money in the bank why? I don't know no more money. the more money in the bank the better okay why yeah, calm basically they, why they don't trust the Eberster at all and so they have to make sure that there's just a lot of money in there so in the worst case scenario like you know, there's no way that they're not going to be taken care of okay so fine good so just collect it collect the money don't spend any of it okay so that's a little weird or they spend it on all sorts of interesting things they have collections of things like what I don't know cars, hello, car collections, right, they collect Gashmias, First, as, as an Iker. like the, the, the Gashmi itself becomes an end unto itself, Gashmias is not an end unto itself, it's a means, to a higher end, why did the to create Gashmias, because he wanted to with it, what's that, oh, we're back to that Gashmias again, right, so why does a Yid want Gashmias, because he can help bring about a deer of It's hard to do without gashmis. This is very hard to do. You just, you just need things. What are you going to do? It's a pain in the neck. It's just a complete and total pain in the neck. And you have to figure out how to do it in a way that it doesn't completely destroy every other aspect of your life because it can. It's like a real challenge. Right? A real challenge. Both ways. Either you don't have enough of it and so you just spend so much time thinking about it because it's just a pain and you have to have to deal with it all the time and you're juggling this and juggling that or you have so much of it that you really start to think that it has importance. It gets you coming and going, the whole thing. Right? In general, Jews have done much better being poor than rich over the last 3,000 years of our history. Right? We tend to forget God when we get rich. Right, in the history of the Eden of the last hundred years is certainly that got rich in a lot of places and just sort of forgot about God and figured okay we did this all ourselves <laughs> well you know okay We are not that we should be poor no one no. every Jew should have everything he needs in Gashmi is mamish ad <clears throat> but that's a challenge unto its own right which evidently is a challenge that we have failed more often than we failed being poor we did much but if you look at Jewish history we always did better when we, when we were poor right? not that we should be poor but we at least didn't forget about a Kosh that might be because we thought he was our only choice what? Huh? you mean we did kept Shabbos <laughs> which is better I mean, we, we lasted through poor times, right? I mean, m- more Jews drowned in a sea of whipped cream than, than have drowned in a sea of poverty. Right? We're losing Jews at a pretty fast rate this generation, right? Yeah. I mean, this country, I realized that since I got here, I've been here 40 years. So, so uh, and, you know, there was an election yesterday. Okay, so you look and see what's going on. Fine. In, in, in Tavshin Mem Tes, which is not so long ago, 30 years ago, the Rebbe, it was the only time the Rebbe ever got actively involved in an election. And, uh, and the Rebbe said we should vote for Gimel. Right? It was always, it doesn't matter what the reason was. It was the only time the Rebbe told us specifically which party to vote for, and the Rebbe got actively involved, and uh, the Rebbe tripled Gimel's numbers in Erech Yisrael, that, that election. So now, before that election, Gimel had four seats. Now, what that mean? There was no shas. That means the ultra-Orthodox community in Eretz had four seats. Right? Which means it's 1 of the country. Because right? there's 120 seats and it's all representative. You, you know who's who in this country because you just look and see what the numbers are in the Knesset, right? So there were four seats to Aguda. Right, so Gouda then split. The, the the Litvisha split from the Hasidisha. And they split into two parties. Right. Don't think there was a Shas yet. It might have been a Shas. I'm not sure. They split. Okay. So theoretically they should have gotten two and two. So they got two. The Litvisha got two. And the Hasidim got six. Because the Rebbe got involved. Okay. But there were four seats. All right. So how many are there now? Eight or nine? they doubled. Why have they doubled? That's here in Israel, where kids, people still have children, right? non-religious Jews still have children. Children are still a, a, a value in this country, Bar HaShem. Kids, people have kids. But they've still doubled their, the amount of people in the country, relatively, there are twice as many of what they call uh, with the Orthodox people in the country, than there were 30 years ago. That's one generation. They've doubled. Why? They're having a lot more kids. Right. It's just simple. You know. yeah. Aliyah, yes, okay, most people who come are, are religious, but I mean, Aliyah is a drop in the bucket. I mean, it's, just, you know, it's irrelevant. Right. I mean, we think it's relevant because we're the people who showed up here, but I mean, it's a joke. That's, that's not. I mean, Russian Aliyah, I was big, that was a million people. And despite that, right, despite bringing in a million people, going out of their way to bring in a million people around the same time, interestingly enough, also 30 years ago, to bring in a million people not caring whether they were Jewish or not. Why? In order to make sure that the demographics don't change so fast. That's what the idea was, right? Meaning the Jewish agency wanted to make sure that the demographics of the country don't become overly religious. So what do you do? Bring in a, I mean, doesn't mean they didn't want to save the Russians. Of course they want to save the Russians, but they didn't care whether they were Jewish or not. Now they have a problem. Right? They have a party that runs on an anti-Semitic platform, and you know, if you look at their Russian ads, their Russian ads compare with Hitler's Nazi Germany ads against Jews. They say the same things. Bloodsuckers, they just say them about religious Jews, but exactly the same stuff. But Lieberman's selling in Russian. He can't sell it in Hebrew, because so everybody hears it in Russian. But, you know, they're there's now a Russian organization fighting the anti-Semitism of the Russian political party, and showing it to everybody. They're starting to reveal what's really going on and translating it all into Hebrew so people can see what they're saying to the to the Russians to vote. Blood-sucking people. You know, Hitler didn't finish the job. Really? Yes, I'm, Hitler I'm didn't finish the job. That's on the site. That's not on the. That's not on that. But that's that's on the. Uh, on the website, Mine. in German, in in Russian, not in not in not in Hebrew, Right? Heavy duty anti-Semitic stuff. Okay, w- w- but what was the idea? Now some of these people aren't Jewish, right? A lot of thirty, they say thirty percent. So I mean, why shouldn't they be anti-Semites? They're Russians. I mean, Russians are anti-Semites. <laughs> <laughs> Non-Jewish Russians are anti semites That's just what they are. Right? So they've always been. And they, I mean, you know, I talk to a Jew who grew up in Russia. What were the Russians like? Not nice. Okay, say they're anti We're the ones who aren't nice, you know, because we think we're better, right? Yeah, we're the, we're the ones who aren't nice to other people. So, so, so the 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 the, the brother. That's including bringing a million people to change the demographics. So the demographics are changing. Okay. So that that's in this country where people actually still have some Jewish identity in Kuzlarts. Demographics are changing tremendously. I mean basically, you know, if it keeps going the way it's going, who will be left of the Jewish people in Kuzlarts in another fifty years, if God forbid we're still in Polis? Religious people, I said there won't be anybody else. Okay. So that's what it means not doing well. That's what I mean. I'm financially, doing great. Staying Jewish, not doing so well. <clears throat> My parents' generation was a generation of very, very proud Jews, but they were the first generation of the non-religious ones. Most of their parents were true, and they, like, were brought up differently in the new country. and. Um, Wonderful people, very Jewish, almost all Jewish friends. I mean, my my parents' friends were, my parents had the odd non-Jewish friends. All their friends were, the whole social scene was Jewish, everybody. They made sure we went to Jewish school in the afternoon. (laughs) Not all day, unfortunately, but in the afternoon, okay. Uh, Of the ten best friends of my parents, very few have any Jewish grandchildren very few they're all very jewish people their kids my generation very few jewish grandchildren. my parents Baruch Hashem, have, you know making up for a lot of them mm-hmm. but uh this is the way it is so that's what i mean bad it's not so good for the Jews that way so that, so, but it's, it's, uh, the, the, either way, Gashmias is just a, a, a real test. There's no doubt about it. And that's what the Rebbe is saying. It. But so what, what are we supposed to use Gashmias for? That all that Hashpa and Gashmias, what's it for? For Veda, to use it to serve God, to somehow bring about a dear B'tachterim, to reveal atzmus. And what might happen? Think the Gashmias is an end unto itself. So the, they might even want some Hashpa from the other side, right? They might not, we talked about that earlier in the Mimer, might do certain things that aren't particularly ethical in order to get that Hashpa, even though it's coming from a, a negative place. It's not coming from a healthy place, from a godly place. In order that they should have more Gashmias, right? And as we said earlier in the Mimer, simple shot in the world is that if I'm not so honest in business, I'll probably make a little more money. Generally the way things work. If I work on Shabbos, I'll probably make more money. It's generally the, the way the world works, right? <laughs> As was said if it, you know, a, a, a couple of times, right? If, 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 if it was so obvious that working on Shabbos doesn't help you make any more money, so no one would work on Shabbos, right? Why would anybody work on Shabbos if you lose money by working on Shabbos? The Abrahamist created such things that all the Jews who work on Shabbos lose money, so no one will work on Shabbos. Not because they're frozen, just why work on Shabbos? You lose money. Right. It's not the way it works. You want your shepherd from that place? You can get shepherd from that place, temporarily, the Rebbe said. All right. the way the world works. That's what makes a Veidah Veidah, right? That's why there's that we can actually choose one or the other because the the choices are real. In terms of our understanding of reality, the choices are very real. (laughs) These states of revelation, (laughs) even the highest levels of godly revelation, (laughs) they are not an end unto themselves. The highest level of godly revelations Right? When you learn Khsidis, you learn about very, very lofty levels of godly reality. So in Basiligani, we learned about uh, the Arba Elemis. We spent some a good deal of time learning about Atsilus in the in the first days. And in, in Laysa Meshekela, we learned about Atik and Arich. Two levels beyond the levels we learned about in Basiligani. Okay? And 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 there's levels beyond and beyond. And and if you sit and learn learn uh, what's called Haskol and Chassidus by uh, Marim that discuss those levels, so uh, they discuss those levels of Eloku, and they're very amazing levels of Godly reality, and they all serve a purpose. And what's their purpose? Their purpose is ultimately to bring light down into Eilim Hazeh so that there should be slugs sliding across sidewalks, leaving slime. Ultimately, it's they're all a means to an end. The end being Eilim Haza this world, that's what the there wants. Why are all those intermediaries there? Those, why are those levels there? Okay, Kaka, Kadosh Baruch wanted there to be such levels <laughs> of reality. Why? So we talked about it. It's it, it, in Chassidus. It's discussed that very often those we we understand the existence of those levels simply because it. it Gives you and I what to talk about in Elokuus. There's, we, we, there's there's levels of reality that we can actually discuss and come to understand, and it helps us in our Veda, which is ultimately to bring about a revelation of Elocus in Elamaza, right? Okay. In this moment, the Rebbe is telling us it's part of our it's part of our right? Our, our free our free choice that 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 what, what I can choose unbelievable levels of beautiful godly reality, or I can choose the king. Mm-hmm. Okay, unbelievable. A whole new way of understanding the the reason for all these intermediaries. Could a Kaddish Baruch Hu up there in Atzmu say I from Atzmu straight down to a physical world with nothing in between? Yes, of course he can do that. He can do anything. Do not limit God. What would that look like? I don't know. It would be interesting to know what would that would look like. I don't know. The Rebbe Shabb in certain mind talks about what reality would look like if certain levels of Eloquus didn't exist. <laughs> it would look a little different. Okay, all right. But the episode wants it to look the way it looks. But there's all these incredible levels of godly reality that that, that are that are real and it's a lukus, it's mamishim, it's godly light. But those levels of reality, they're not an in unto end unto themselves. They only exist ultimately as part of the process. Of, a, of bringing about the fulfillment of that desire, so to speak, that a Kaddish Taiva is the Lashon of Chazal that the Kurdish Baruch had in in up there in Atzmus, that all of a sudden in Atzmus, the the Eveshter said, so to speak, hmm, a dear would be a kick. I'd like a dwelling place in the lower realms. Why? It's called a Taiva. Chazal say nit ave. He had a Taiva. What's the difference between a Taiva and a Ratzain? You can't explain a Taiva. Can't explain it. And when you like when you want something that you can't explain, you call it a tie-fi. All right. It's a really, really hot day. You come in, you're all flushed, and you say, I, I, I want some tea. You say, well, you want some tea? Why don't you want some like you know, nice cold water? I don't know, I have a tiger for tea. I've been thinking about tea for the last 20 minutes. I just have this tiger for a hot cup of tea. In other words, it doesn't make any sense, but I want that. I don't know why. I want to have a tiger for a cup of tea. As opposed to, I want a glass of cold water. Why? Well, because I'm schwitzing. 90 degrees out there. Celsius. <laughs> <coughs> it was Melbourne in the summer? Right? Okay. That's called the Taiva. The Hebrews had a taiva for a dear patach What's that? Atzmus wants to be revealed down here. Okay, so now in Basilagani we learned how that happens, right? We learned in, in the Rebbe's first Mimer, when we learned Ice of the Rebbe's first Mimer, when we were learning the first ice of Basilagani. we saw how the Rebbe explains very, very clearly how this is the world of this is the place where Atzmas is revealed. Why Dafka here? Well, there's one thing that exists here that doesn't exist anywhere else the illusion of existence by virtue of itself. You and I experience this incredible experience that no other, no other level of reality experiences. I know it's not true, but I feel that I experience that I exist by virtue of myself, that I just am. I know intellectually that there's godly energy that's causing me to exist, but that's not what I experience. I experience that I just am. It comes from me, that I'm this self-contained unit of existence. I need other things to maintain that existence, but I just am. When I wake up in the morning, it's not that I'm unbelievably powerfully aware of all this godly energy surging into me, giving me energy. I just wake up and it's, oh, it's me again. Boker Tov. Look. The first thing you do is say, I know it's not really coming from me, it's coming from you but I feel that's it's coming from me because if I didn't feel it's coming from me, I don't have to keep reminding you that I know that it's coming from you. Malachim don't get up and say, Mayda Ani. Malachim just live Mayda Ani existentially. They don't have to do anything, <laughs> they're just there. Right? We have to do things to remind ourselves of Mayda Ani because uh, otherwise we'd be completely and totally absorbed in our own existence. Why? Because that's our experience. Okay, fine. Where does that come from? What level of godly reality could possibly give you and me this experience of existence by virtue of myself? Only a level that has its ex- existence by virtue of itself. What's called mitsiyuse mi atsmuse. it's mitsiyut, is mi it's from itself. Atzmu. Godly light? doesn't exist by virtue of itself. The whole idea of godly light is to reveal that it has a source in something higher than it. That's the nature of light. Where's, this, where's, where's the light that's banging off this table coming from? Well, you know there's a source. Dumb. You think the light just shows up here without a source? I and mean, That's not what light does. Physical light does that in order for to understand how metaphysical light works. I mean, that's why we use the muscle of metaf- of light rel- relative to godliness. God's not light. God's just God. Right? Okay, we, we call it light. Why? Because it has properties like light, physical light. What does that mean? When you When you experience a revelation of godly light, you experience the fact that what you're seeing has a source in something higher than it. It doesn't hide its source. When you look at physicality, it hides its source. This cup says, I am. And won't let anything else in where it is. No, I am. Don't you dare take up my space. And nothing else can. Well, it can, in a different time, but not in the same time. They can't take up the same time and space. Why? Because they're both yesh. I am, nothing else can be here, except me. Okay, that's the way God created it. That's what it is, that's what yesh is. Okay, that being said, What's the source of such a thing? What's the source of a state of reality that experiences its own existence as self-generated? Atmos. Because Atmos is the only level of reality that truly exists by virtue of itself. Okay. So it, at, what's revealed in this world? Atmos. Once, once you hop that this is all God, what level of God is responsible for what we experience? The essence of God. Godly light can't possibly give me an experience of existence by virtue of itself because godly light doesn't have an experience of existence by virtue of itself. It doesn't know what that is. How can it possibly give me something that it isn't? How can an orange give me amino acid proteins? It's not what it is. It's vitamin C. That it can give me. It can't give me what it isn't. just can't. Why not? That's not what it is. Okay, could godly light give you and I the experience of existence by virtue of ourselves? No, why not? Because it doesn't have that experience. So, that's what the Rebbe explains. In the Rebbe's first mimer, we learned it. The Rebbe is the Rebbe officially for about 15 minutes when he decided to explain this to us. So we knew we were in for quite a ride. What's Elam Hazel all about? Kieler revelation of the idea of existence by virtue of itself you and i even understand that sort of because we experience it sort of now you and i are smart enough to know that that experience that we have of existence by virtue of ourselves is not true it is truly our experience but it's not true we don't exist by virtue of ourselves we exist by virtue of god but we certainly feel that we exist by virtue of ourselves. That's very real, and that's why I can do all those stupid things I do in the course of a day. Because we all do some of those things, right? Why? Well, I just sort of get into the illusion of it all and forget the truth of it all. Okay. So even that, what's, that's what that's the Rebbe saying here. Even the highest levels of godly revelation. <laughs> The ultimate purpose isn't that level of godly reality. What's the ultimate purpose? This table for Micah. For micahs, is the ultimate purpose. And in there people should connect to the there And when they connect to the abish there, what do they reveal? Atzmus. Not light. We can get into the light. Here in Yerushalayim is all what are they called? Or junkies. People are hooked on or. Hooked on spiritual experience. Feels so good. Right. It's a big thing here in Ushulam. There's a lot of worry. Right. Go to the Kaisal. Spiritually uplifting. Okay, that's a bit Okay, let's say that's what I need. What am I doing with that spiritual upliftedness? If I'm using it to then go take care of the abishters' needs, good. If I'm using it just to give myself a positive feeling so I can make it through another day, okay, it's better than drugs, but it's coming from the same place. It's just, there's no comparison. It's much better. Obviously, it's much better. But it's coming from the same place, that's what the Rebbe saying. That there's certain things that are all coming from the same place. The lowest and the highest are all coming from the same place, if it's about me. it doesn't. That doesn't mean there's not a higher expression of that and a lower expression of that. There can be a, a terribly negative expression of that and a relatively positive expression of that. But it's still coming from the same place. That's, that's the Hiddish that the Rebbe is telling us here, which is so challenging and powerful. All right. And it's very, very interesting. It is very, very interesting. Very many of those people who are into that spiritual high will put their arm around someone who Al P they're not allowed to put their arm around in order to share the spiritual high. Right? But they're into spiritual high. Why are they wrapping their arm around her? Didn't you just tell us? A person can get into a Vedasura even though they want Gunhagen? Isn't that what it's all about? Isn't that with that, there's a large group of people there. Right? There was a particular person who was a, an incredible person. An incredible person. But he sold that. And it caught on. And Nachlaot's full of it. <laughs> yeah. Nachlot, in Eretz in, in Israel, Nachlaot is the hotbed of that Judaism. Right? There are other places. Okay. Whoa, that's wild. How's that happen? How do you, how do, you do an Aveira while you're trying to connect to God? Because if I'm connecting to God, because I want a spiritual high, so then the, the is not far away. That's, the the rabbi just told us that, right? And we go, come on! I mean come on, how gonna be. That's crazy. Right? People who smoke drugs, I'm poor. That's the latest doc. That's out there big time. Big time. People who eat brownies on Shabbos so that when they learn sidhus there's a more uplifting experience. That's out there big time can't smoke the stuff on Shabbos, it's they The smoking, not the stuff. What's the stuff good for? Oh, makes me feel very uplifted. Why did the Rebbe say, what's the difference between alcohol and drugs, the Rebbe told us? Drugs push a person into themselves. Alcohol gets a person out of themselves. So alcohol can be used for positive purposes. Drugs can't, because what is a person, when they smoke drugs, what happens? They just get completely into themselves. They just withdraw into themselves, just more meat. Right. Can it in you know depending on where the person's holding, can it open up a person to the idea that there might be some other state of reality other than what they perceive simply? Okay, yes, that it can do. So if a person's really really stuck in a place where they think that honestly there's nothing other than Gashmir, so it might be a way to break through that clippa. Okay, so that's for the first week. right then put it away. All it does is get people into themselves completely, become completely apathetic to anything else. Right? Just, there's no problem. Everything's cool. With me. <clears throat> so I could actually want to connect to a Qaddish and think the way to do it is by eating hash brownies and learning siddhas. What's it got to do with a Qaddish Boraku? It's got to do with my own spiritual feeling. Right? God's in there somewhere. Well, yeah, he's in there somewhere, right? Just like the aviator of Zara puts God in there. He does. God's in there. He's this. He. The, why am I bowing down to the sun? What did the Rebbe tells us at the beginning of the Bible. Why am I bowing down to the sun? Because God put the sun in a place where. Why do I? Why am I doing this? Because God created this stuff that helps me feel spiritual. Okay. Out there, big time now, unbelievable. And in from communities, I mean, A friend of mine in Muncie tells me it's big. Big. Why? Honestly, why? Because people are bored. People don't want to do the hard work to get God, and they're bored, and so they're looking for something to. The highest levels <laughs> of Giluim. The Tachlis is not them. Sorry, They're only an intermediary, shall Yodem, that through them, a means, through them, to Shlamakavana Pnimis, that'll be fulfilled, the inner desire, the true intention. And what's the true intention? The Dirbatachdeme, a dwelling place in the lower realms. I there's all these levels of unbelievably beautiful, incredible, amazing, godly reality between Atzmus and here. Yeah. So I could get stuck up there instead of realizing, wait a minute, the Ebesh wants me down here and putting on tefillin and, and, and giving stokka and, and making a living and, and doing all those things down here in Gashmias and keeping Shabbos and keeping Purim and giving Shaloch and drinking L'chaim's on Purim and blah, blah, blah. That's what he wants me to do. Okay. And what is all that? That's all atzmos. Right. That's all atzmos. Is it lacking in passion? It's not lacking in passion. Is the passion... Is the is the it's actually a level? It's interesting because nothing you talked about it earlier. Asked about it earlier. The the, the mitla Rabbi talks about a level. He says sorry was at this level. Talks about a level called on his beyond ecstasy. What's ecstasy? Ecstasy is a state of reality I reach when something incredibly powerfully positive happens, as opposed to what happened the moment before. Right? Meaning you know, ecstasy will be a, a step up from a certain state of. Normal reality, so to speak, right? Okay, person's ecstatic. There's a level called uh, the the uh, Mitla Rabbi talks about it in what's called Kuntursi's the, Pilus, the, the 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 pamphlet on ecstasy, tract on ecstasy. So he, he he explains there's a level called beyond ecstasy. What's that? A level of connection to a Ganesh Baruch Hu that's so powerful that a person is beyond any ups or downs. And he says that that's Sari Amenu. Sari Amenu is on that level. And that's why God, when Sari laughs, God says, what are you doing? Why are you laughing? When she's told that she's going to have a son. So what did Avram Avinu do when he was told he was going to have a son? Before Sarah's told. What did Avram do? He laughed. That's why the son is called Yitzchak, right? Okay, the Kaddish Baruchah didn't say anything. Sarah laughed. The Kaddish Baruchah said, you laughed. So she said, "I didn't laugh." Well, I mean, look at, I, you did. I didn't. You know, I mean, what, what, what's going on? And this is this woman experiencing a prophetic experience, argue, arguing with the Kaddish Baruch who like eight year olds in the playground. You know, you, you touched first base. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. No, you whatever. Right. So what, what are they? What's going on? Right. So the Mithravi explains. The Abister says you laughed. She understood that to mean you didn't believe, meaning you laughed as if, <laughs> as if that's going to happen. She said, I didn't laugh. He said, but you laughed. You know, you know, Obviously the knows what she meant. So what does he say? But you laughed. So the middle ever explains. The Abish says, you, of course your laugh was just an expression of incredible joy. I understand that. You, Sarah, you think there's more me in having a child than there was in not having a child? I He knew the Abish didn't chastise. Sarah was on a higher level than Avram. The Abishter says to her, you went up, so to speak, when you heard this news? How can that be? You're holding by any You're holding beyond ecstasy. Where it's all what's called I put God, the simple pshat is I put God in front of me at all times. So the Baal Shem Tov has explained I make God equal in front of me at all times. There's no more or less Abishter depending on the event. And when things are good, there's more God. When things are bad, there's less God. No, it's all God. That's a very, very hard place to be. Okay? Especially when the bad is like real bad. Not that, you know, a person didn't get what they wanted because of some, you know, the, 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 the particular type of chocolate bar wasn't in the store. So, you know, God's bad. No, something really difficult to deal with in Elamaza. There's less God there than there is in the good times. No. So the able so to speak, chastises the says, What are you, what are you laughing? Would you see more of me in the fact that I just told you you're going to have a son than there was in the fact that you didn't have a son until you were ninety. An amazing idea. <laughs> Whoa. All right. So that's called Midas Ishtavus, equality, seeing God Shavisi Hashem Lenegditomid the says, seeing God equally in all situations. That's real, that's hard but that's real What's the what does the Yerbishter want? Do he wants to be revealed down here that's what down here is it's atzmos just turn the page on this time when a person wants revelation but not in the light he sees those things as most important what we're calling the end as opposed to simply a means? F Sharlius, <laughs> it's possible there can be in the sinus a pretext, literally a giving of place, but a, a pretext, shiv, <laughs> that he will consider Gamem Tsoim, also the intermediaries a Kehovim, Vashefagash, Milaiker. Can relate to something that's only a means as an end unto itself. There's no question that a lot of people are busy collecting money, right? I mean, the money is not <laughs> no value. It's just a means to a to something, you can use it for all sorts of positive things, and yet someone might say, no, it's all about just collecting more of it. No, it's not about collecting more of it. You need it. It's a pain in the neck. It's such a pain. It's all God's fault, but okay, say that's the way it is. Okay. So you need this stuff, but but it, 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 this, this is what it's about, how much money you make? No. It's just a means to do all sorts of amazing things in Elam You can give tztaqa, you can help other people, you can take care of your family, you can buy yourself books and buy yourself tefillin and 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 buy your kids to fill in and buy other people to fill in and open up a fill-in bank and you know, all sorts of amazing things. And you give it to, to organizations that are that are trying to do good things in the world. You know, all sorts of good stuff that you can do with money. Right? Amazing. Right? Money's evil. It's not evil. Money's evil. People can do evil. Money's not evil. Money's just a means to something else. What right? what can you use it for, right? We talked earlier about uh, you know, little kids when they see money they call it stucker. So so uh, Bochrim, labavitcher Bochrim, what, what's money for a Lubavitcher Bochrim? How does he relate to it? Here in Eretz Yisrael. A ticket. A ticket to the Rebbe. That's what it is. Right? I, and I'm not saying this because I think I, I did such a good job educating my children. I just have my, my, my you know, Bochrim. Every single one of our Bar Mitzvah boys, after his Bar Mitzvah, when he related to how much money he made at his Bar Mitzvah, it was translated into how many tickets to the rabbi he had. One, two, three. I mean, I don't think anybody got three. That's like already a lot of money. Right? Whatever. You know, they how much What does is an Israeli bacher make in a bar mitzvah, right? He makes himself a couple of thousand shekels. You know, people come and give him, you know, 80 shekels. I it, know it's not like, you know, in America you can walk away with some real guilt. You know, so he makes whatever he makes. But it was tickets. That's how they related to it. How many tickets? Nine. Nine. My deal with my children was, with every single one of the boys, right? Every single one was that uh, the first time they go to the for Tishrei, that's Iman Abba pay. After that, you're on your own. I can't afford to pay for every kid every year. I can't do it. I'd love to be able to do it. I can't. Okay, say them. They went every year. They managed every single year. What'd they do? I don't know. One of them swept up the Zal in his yeshiva every year. He would, at the beginning of the year, he'd go to someone and say, I'll, I, I want to sweep the zal, how much do I get paid? Made the cheshbon, was enough for a ticket to Tishrei every year. He paid for his ticket to Tishrei by sweeping the zal the whole year. Right. What's the money? He, did he buy himself falafel with it? No. He put it away. Wouldn't touch it. Right. I bought his falafel. He didn't eat very many falafels. Right. Okay, what was his money? He was a ticket to the rabbit for Tishrei. How do all these Israeli bachim go to the Rebbe for Tishra? Tishra, forget Yud Shvat. A thousand bachim went to the Rebbe for Yud Shvat. Where did they get? Like, three of my boys, off to the Rebbe. I can't afford to go. They went. I don't know. They went for four days. They were all there, Yud Shvat. This year, Yud Shvat, right? They, they, you know. I asked one of them, I said, are you going to the Rebbe for Yud Shvat? He said, I don't know. My Meshpia told me not to worry about it. Sit and learn. If the Rebbe thinks I should come, I'll make it. He made it. I don't know how. He was there. Okay. They're rich. <laughs> it's their old man, their old man. Just. Okay. Okay, so th- th- we, th- what we said we were going to get to, we didn't get to yet. That's the LPs there. I would imagine tomorrow there won't be Chassidus. Because I assume you guys are going to be at the wedding late. Okay? So there won't be Chassidus. We'll just say there won't be Chassidus tomorrow. Are you coming to the wedding? What? Are you coming to the wedding? Yeah, I'm coming to the wedding. I have to get there a little late. I want well, to see Yossi today to tell him. I have to, usually I don't teach Tuesday night, but I, they, I have a class tonight. Till 8.30. So I won't get there till 9 o'clock. But I just want to tell Yossi if I see him around. But... Um, if I don't see him, please tell him that I told that I sent that to him, that I will not be there till 9 o'clock, but I'll be there. Um, so I would imagine you guys are going to be dancing late, and uh, so, so tomorrow there won't be So this, We'll just make that an official announcement rather than have people not come, yes, come, whatever. And uh, so so Thursday morning we'll pick up from al where the Rebbe is going to explain why is it that the Jew might have a natural inclination to connect to the king, whereas the Yomut will have a natural inclination to connect to the the Levon and the Chama, which is what it says in the in the Medrash, right? Yeah. What the Medrash says. So why? Where is that coming from? Okay.